Hello everyone and welcome back to Let's Talk Parks. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Becky Dunlap and in this episode we are talking about how to overcome negative public complaints. And I think this is so common in local parks and recreation. It just kind of comes with the job, right? Whether you are working at the front desk or you're supervising employees or you are managing community centers or you're the director level, either way, you are hearing from patrons who oftentimes are upset because things didn't meet their level of expectations. And that can be really difficult, especially when you are public facing in much of your job. So I really want to talk about this subject today. And I have to say, I was so inspired by a post in the Women in Parks and Recreation Facebook group. And it was from a woman who was asking about, you know, how do you deal with these public complaints all of the time? Like it just gets so exhausting to hear yourself, you know, explaining the rules again or kind of defending why you do certain things and then being talked down to. And I know what that's like. I've been in that position before and it's just, it's overwhelming and it's exhausting. And I, over time, started to develop some different strategies or coping mechanisms, (laughs) if you want to call it that, um, to really kind of move past that, change my perspective about it, get help where I needed it, and, and really just accept that it's part of the job. So I'm going to share some of those today. If you are in the Women in Parks and Recreation Facebook group, definitely go read that thread. If not, go join it if you're of the female kind. Um, Because I think it's really, really helpful to see everybody that responded to that. It was so impactful. And and yet I know that there's so many different ways to to approach this. I'm just going to give my own opinion. Again, that's that's all I can do. Um, but if you know someone or if you yourself consider yourself an expert in this, I would love to talk to you more. I think a more in-depth interview around this would be really interesting to talk about you know, how you've dealt or how you manage customer complaints and how not only to, to better yourself, but also your team by having some different strategies to work through that. So we'd love to hear from you. You can go check out letstalkparks.com and contact us there. But but again, today I'm just going to go over the six different things to think about if you're constantly working with the public and you just want to to think about it a little bit differently. So before we begin, I want to welcome all of you who are new to the show and For those of you who are longtime listeners, welcome back and thank you so much for listening. Let's Talk Parks is a podcast where we share the stories of purpose-driven parks and recreation professionals who are committed to challenging organizational norms and raising the bar in the field. We are an evolving resource not only to educate, but also to inspire up-and-coming park and recreation professionals to raise the bar in their agencies so that they can make a positive difference in their communities. We send out a weekly-ish newsletter uh, every Thursday morning with this week's podcast and some other cool things, and we'd love for you to sign up for that if you're not already subscribed over at letstalkparks.com. 
So let's get into it. So another kind of preface to this before we get rolling into these different tips and things to think about is that I'm assuming a couple things here. I'm assuming that you are already great at customer service. You're not starting from square one. You are that friendly face when people walk in the door that they look forward to interacting with. You give a great first impression, not only to the experience that someone's going to have with you, but also to your entire facility. And you're just pleasant to be around and you're helpful and you know what's going on. You're prepared. You've done this before. You know, you smile and greet people by name. You are just overall great at what you do. And you want a wonderful experience for the patrons who visit your facility. And for those that are brand new, you typically go above and beyond to welcome people in. And you're just always looking for ways to better serve your community. But I know that if you're that type of person, it can be really difficult to not personalize their complaints because you care, because you've worked so hard at creating this atmosphere, this environment where people feel welcome, where you've, where you take care of them. And on top of that, you are also responsible for not only their safety, but everyone's safety of your employees, of your facility, of the equipment, of kids, of your instructors, of your staff. And so you have to follow certain rules and policies and guidelines that are in place to protect all of you. And so when we're in these roles where you're either dealing directly with the public or maybe you're managing someone who does that, you know that you have a great responsibility and that you also are balancing that with being friendly, being accommodating, letting the customer be right, and yet also knowing that the that there must be a line in the sand and that they can't cross that. So it's always that balance of assertiveness and being friendly, having great customer service. If you haven't listened to the episode on assertiveness, go back and listen to that one earlier this season. But uh, I, I just want to kind of bring that to light and so I know that you can be all those things. You can be friendly. You can be accommodating. You can be helpful. And you can also have your boundaries, be assertive, stand up for yourself, and not take it personally. You don't always have to go home complaining or, you know, being upset by someone who ruined your day. That's not what it's about. And I'm sure that the other person didn't want to ruin your day uh, when they woke up this morning. And so my goal in this podcast is really to kind of remind you of that and to let you know that um, anytime that someone comes into your facility, that they're entering your space and you as a representative of you know, your city or your park district or your county, you have an obligation to protect that space and to own that space and have ownership over it. And just because someone comes into your space that is 
you know, has something personal going on or just has personal issues and, and can't move past them for whatever way they're bringing them to you, know that that is certainly more of a reflection on what's going on in their life rather than who you are, what the facility is doing, you know, what your policy is, because chances are 95% of everybody that visits understands or at least is accommodating to those policies and rules. So it's going to be just a small percentage of people who really find it hard to follow the rules. And so it's just a matter of kind of meeting in the middle, figuring out ways to to accommodate them, to understand, to listen, and also to move things forward uh, in a way that is respectful and that, that follows the policies that you've been put in place to adhere to. And so, um, so now we're going to actually go into these six different tips. And I just, again, just wanted to let you guys know of like, it is so common to keep it, to make it personal, but it doesn't have to be. So, all right. So the first tip here is really to set your intention. And what I mean by this is, you know, those repeat patrons that come in and cause problems. And I remember I have a handful of people in my mind when I say this. I know those people when they walk in the door and I just, my breath stops. I just immediately get anxiety induced and I'm stressed because I don't know what this person's going to do. And for whatever reason, it's this kind of energy that they bring. um, And they're always either complaining or they're you know, making a big deal out of something or they're not, they're just not very accommodating. They they don't let you talk. They don't let you explain things. They're not respectful to you. Whatever it is, you typically have someone in mind when I'm saying this. And so what I want you to do is set your intention so that you know what you're going to do when you see that person or someone else who brings conflict into your facility. When we talk about intention, we really are talking about what is your approach to this person and this potential conflict. How do you want to approach this? How do you want to handle this? At the end of the day, when you leave, how do you want to feel? Do you want to be assertive in this conversation? Do you want to exude confidence? Do you want to show that you are listening and, you know, being empathetic to their concerns? I think the way that you want to handle this is kind of more of a personal choice. It's balancing kind of your past experiences with things with how you want to be and some of the feedback that you may have gotten in the past. And so it's about kind of carving the way that you want to present yourself. I know for me, I talked about this in the assertiveness episode a couple weeks back, and that assertiveness was something that I wanted to focus on. It's something that I got a lot of feedback on. So for me, that looked like, you know, throwing my shoulders back and standing up tall and, and practicing 
that confidence that comes with telling the rules, you know, telling the guidelines, um, and just being assertive and confident in that approach. Because my natural state is very much listening, observing, um, if I'm being honest, more like people pleasing and, and just being really accommodating. I'm really good at that. (laughs) However, if I'm too far on that spectrum, then you can imagine that someone might easily talk over me or, you know, find ways to talk around the rules and policies at the facility. And when someone's too quiet and they're not setting boundaries, then you end up, you know, failing to communicate. And so it's really important to kind of balance that because then on the up opposite side of the spectrum, you're, you're the one talking over someone. You're the one telling them, this is the rule. This is just the way it is. And they're not feeling heard or listened to. And so finding that balance will be really important. It's a very personal decision, but set your intention for how you want to approach it, what you want to practice. And remember that this is a learning opportunity. And I always try to remember that every experience that I have in my life is simply there to teach me a lesson. And so ask yourself, what lesson is life or this person or this experience trying to teach me? And how can I do it better than I did it before? So by setting your intention, kind of know how you want to approach it and ask yourself if you feel prepared to handle this right now. That may mean depending on how your day has gone, if you've already handled 20 other customer complaints, if it means, you know, getting back up, like making sure that somebody else, your coworker, your boss is nearby who can support you and make sure that they're observing you and that you feel supported in your role or whatever is going to happen. Um, And, you know, worst case scenario, asking yourself, am I prepared to ensure my own safety? and those around me. So you never want a situation to get out of hand and you're always looking for kind of those basic safety measures. Um, so for example, I, especially at night and in, in the morning, you like at the front desk, you're typically by yourself. So I made friends with some of the patrons that I could trust and that over time we just got to know each other and I could count on them to back me up if something got out of hand. Um, Or maybe it was an instructor for a fitness class. I could count on them to back me up, to, um, to help me, to observe, to give me feedback afterwards. But I always just want to make sure that along with setting that intention, you're also just kind of setting your environment and keeping an eye out and just being very aware of kind of how things are and then how they could be and how you can better um, be prepared. So that's number one. Number two is know your boundaries. We know that when people have a complaint, it's because they're frustrated or upset or something didn't meet their expectations. And so it's okay for them to have those feelings. There's nothing stopping them from 
being frustrated or angry or upset or sad or come or you know sharing those emotions with you that comes with the territory of being customer facing right customer service is you're there for them right but it's not okay for someone to cross the boundary that you have and that your agency hopefully has that that equals disrespect and so you have to define that for yourself your agency may define that in a different way but for me it was not okay when someone yelled or raised their voice to a certain extent at me or if they used profanities to me or around me it took me a long time to even know those two rules for me but having those boundaries and really it's self-respect became critical for me because I knew that if it reached that level then number one I had the right to stand up for myself and number two I knew I probably needed to ask for support hopefully from my coworkers or s- someone else so you know if you don't have that for yourself yet ask for some guidelines. Maybe it's from your supervisor. Maybe it's during a team meeting and say, you know, what are we willing to tolerate? What are we willing to tolerate? And I think, you know, employee morale and parks and recreation, I would say has never been lower. We are burnt out, stressed, exhausted, overwhelmed with all of the things. And it doesn't help when the public is is coming at us with all of the complaints and, and and the way that they're overreacting and talking to us is just, it's not okay. It's not okay. So I think you as a purpose-driven parks and recreation professional have a responsibility to bring that up to your team and your supervisor and those that you manage and just say, this is a problem for us right now. If it is, like, just be open and say, it's a problem for us right now. People aren't treating us with respect. How do we manage this? And what are we willing to tolerate? And once you define kind of that line, then you know kind of what your next steps are. I know for me, once that line was crossed, I would just say, you know, sir or ma'am, I understand that you are upset, but I won't allow you to talk to me that way. If you'd like, I can get you in touch with our manager or director who will call you back this afternoon. And you go from there because the truth is you're not going to get anything done. You're not going to get your point across with someone who is so fired up to the point that they're yelling and screaming and cussing. So give yourself and them some time to decompress, to think about it, and to deal with the situation properly. So when emotions are high, not much is actually going to get accomplished. And at that point, it's best to set your boundary and to follow up later. In in my experience, that has been what's worked. Because again, nothing productive comes from yelling, from them yelling at you and also from you getting stressed to the point of no return, right? So That's number two is know your boundaries. All right, number three is give yourself space. 
So let's say that you've just had this interaction with someone and it was very stressful, very anxiety inducing, and now there's another line of people who just saw this thing happen and you now have to help them. Well, a couple of different things about that. So if you have a team of people there and that was very stressful for you, I think it's always a good idea to give yourself space to to settle down and to really process what just happened. So if someone can watch the front desk for you so you can have a moment, that is certainly helpful. And, you know, bonus, if you can go for a quick walk outside, you know, I was very lucky when I worked at the front desk that I had this beautiful park next to me. And I would often, you know, on my lunch breaks or my, you know, midday breaks, I would go for a walk and process what happened and think about it for myself. Um, Because I knew that I couldn't take care of others when I'm in this state of like, of stress. So I allowed myself to go on a walk, process it, come back and just either talk about it with someone else or, you know, move on to it and, and know that most of the time it was one or a handful of people who had those negative comments. But the majority of people who came into my facility, they were happy. They were fine. They were friendly. They probably had a great experience. They just didn't communicate that. Or if they did, I just brushed it off and said, that's the expectation. When in reality, if it's just a handful of people, maybe that doesn't need to throw off your entire day. So I think we certainly need to remember to give ourselves space, give ourselves grace, to really just know that overall, you're doing great things. And of course, there's going to be things that make people upset. So if there's a couple bad apples in there, people or policies or whatever it is, you know, roll it off your shoulders. It's all right. It really is not a reflection on you as a person. It's a reflection on on them or the, the systems that you're working within. And so you do your best to show up. And so for me, that looks like giving myself space after those kinds of interactions so I can process. The other thing um, that you can do is if you do have to go immediately into working with others, you know, give yourself the space to breathe, just to take a couple big breaths. Just And then maybe the next person that you talk to, you can say, hi, how are you? And like, really mean it and put all of that negativity that you just experienced and just transform it and turn it into energy, positive energy to the other people who may be having bad days themselves, but they don't, they don't choose to let it out on others. And I think that's the difference is that, you know, if I'm being honest, there have been days where I, I was frustrated at, you know, a waitress or someone who was serving me. I've been frustrated and I left those experiences 
feeling more upset on my reaction than their service, right? It's more a reflection on me and what was happening in my life and how I couldn't handle that. And so another way that I process this is I say, what would I do if I was in that exact same situation? So say that my child got kicked out of camp, even though I was promised a spot or I was called on the wait list and, and now it filled up and there was a misunderstanding. What would I do? I would be upset uh, because it messed up my plans and I would figure out, you know, maybe why this happened or what other classes I could be signed up for or how we could resolve it. I wouldn't stomp into the facility, yell at the first person I see and demand that I, you know, get immediately what I want. But that's some people's approach. So ask yourself, what would you do? How would you handle this? And maybe that can be your indication that someone is just not processing this right. They're not, they don't have their own way of regulating themselves, regulating their emotions, processing thing, things, and that's on them, right? So I'm not saying that there aren't things that we can do to make their experience better or to make them feel heard by actively listening to them and figuring out what happened. But I am just saying there's things beyond that, that we sometimes don't see. And I'd encourage you to go listen a couple episodes back. I just titled it a must listen for before the summer. And it was a replay from Angela Summers who talks about this story that she had. And I'm not going to try to recreate it, but the whole idea is that you never know what's going on in somebody else's life. And, and a lot of times I think we have the tendency to just brush people off because they're sad or angry or rude because we, we deal with it all day long. But know that people may be dealing with traumatic things, especially over the last year, and then they're just coming into your facility for some sort of sense of safety or belonging or connection with people but you know when things don't match up the way that they think that it should all of that's going to come come back to you so that was my long-winded way of saying give yourself space and grace to deal with the situation so you can kind of come back more level-headed All right, number four, communicate. It's always a good idea to communicate with your coworkers, your supervisor, maybe other patrons. If there's someone consistently that is bringing conflict into your facility and you have safety concerns, right? Um, And I'll, I'll talk about kind of doing things in writing and incident reports in the next tip, but... I think it's always a good idea to have someone else validate what you are experiencing. Not in a way that like, oh, afterwards you're venting and you're just, you know, talking negatively about someone. I actually don't think that's super helpful, but it's more like seeing if there is a way to better approach this person or this situation. 
right? Because remember, we're always continuously learning. And oftentimes when we are in those situations, we might become triggered. Um, We might, they might say something that hurts our feelings or, or maybe like we had a stressful morning or we're, we have low blood sugar. We need a snack. We're hungry. All of those different things can cause us to perhaps over compensate or over exaggerate or not respond properly in the moment. So I think it is helpful to have someone else there to help you understand that experience and make sure that is someone that you trust their opinion on and that you know that they will help you work through it. So I know that's not always possible, but if you have someone that you can honestly ask for their feedback after this interaction and maybe just ask, you know, did I respond appropriately there? Or would you have done anything differently there? Those two questions can help you prepare next time for this situation. And it can help you reflect back on what happened and how you could have maybe done it a little bit differently. Remember that the name of the game is always to figure out how to improve it next time. Know that in this moment, you're probably going to do it wrong. You're probably going to say something you shouldn't say. You're probably going to do some sort of weird nonverbal behavior that throws someone off. You're probably going to read off the wrong policy or give a refund when you shouldn't have. Or, you know, just say something completely off the wall. Because that's what happens when you're in a high pressure situation like that. But guess what? If you do it over and over and over and over and over again... And you talk about it and you reflect on it and you figure out what you loved about that situation, what you learned from that that conversation or that situation. Over time, you become the person who handles these situations better. And you can think of every one of these situations as a little marble in your jar. So maybe you guys have had hundreds of marbles in your jar over the last year. Just imagine the amount of resiliency that is giving you, right? Um, The amount of tactfulness that is giving you. The amount of communication skills that is giving you. All of these things add up and you can allow them to add up to, you know, resentfulness and hatred of your job and of patrons of you know, of grudges that you hold against people that visit your facility, uh, of gossip against them, or you can choose to look at it like this is kind of like your armor. It's your armor that you have built up over time because you have bravely put yourself out there trying to help someone have a great experience at your facility, at your recreation facility. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And you're going to learn from it either way. All right. So your fourth tip around that is really just to communicate, to ask questions, to be inquisitive and to get people on your side for support. All right. Number five, and I'll keep this one pretty brief, 
but get it in writing. Not everything you do or say needs to go in writing, right? But you will leave a conversation sometimes feeling completely off about someone or something. And I always think it's a good idea to take a moment to write out what was said and what happened and what date it was and when it was and some context around it. And you're just writing down the facts, right? So you don't need to like journal out your feelings. You can do that later. But for this purpose, you're solely reporting the facts. It's It may be appropriate to put it in an incident report so that, you know, your supervisor sees it, your, your city, your park district is aware of this situation or this person. And so that if something does happen down the line, whether it's in your facility or in a different facility, that, that it's on the record. And I've seen this multiple times where patrons do something, but we, we don't write it down. And then they do it the next time and we don't write it down. And all of a sudden we, they've learned this behavior is okay because we've, we haven't properly addressed it. We don't properly have it in writing. We haven't done anything about it. And now we've set this standard for what is okay and what is not okay. And then they get upset when we have to suspend them from the facility or, you know, revoke access or whatever it is. And there, there's a lack of communication there. And that really comes down to um, getting it in writing, making sure that everything is there. And also, of course, communicating your policies properly, making sure that people are aware and having kind of this, this, um, these guidelines around how your staff should approach policies and what to do with these, these people who may continuously kind of cross that line. And so, um, I always think it's a good idea to get things in writing, write that incident report, even if it feels overkill, just do it because you never know some people just, they, they can go off the wall. They can go off the wall and you won't know. And so it's best if you have things in writing. This is a very public facility that you are in. And the more information that you have, the better. All right. And number six, make necessary changes. And this kind of has to do with, you know, getting things in writing and changing things as you need. But if there is a confusion in your facility or amongst your staff or public, this is an opportunity for change. Because if policies are unclear and your staff don't know what to do, a lot of times that ends up having a ripple effect. And what is said at one facility is different from another. And, you know, what one person says is totally different from another and, and all of those things, you've heard it before, someone saying, you know, that's not what the other person told me. And you don't want to be in that situation. So to clearly define the policies. Ask your staff what's confusing to them. Don't assume that they know. Chances are they do not. And make sure that everyone's on the same page. You know, make sure that those policies are updated. Make sure that the signs clearly state the rules. I mean, we know that they don't read the signs, but at least you can point to something, right? So 
you know, if you have your signage, you have your policies posted, you have your, your onboarding and your training to kind of clarify everything, then the last thing I would say is make necessary changes if you need to. We talked last week, Marissa and I talked last week about just, you know, moving past red tape and making ideas come into reality. And I think that that episode could be really helpful as if you've been facing some of those barriers because it is possible to make a change. It's just, it's just a little bit more difficult. So you have to decide what's worth it and what's not. But if you're continuously running up the same issues, then it may be a good time to start making that change. So those are kind of the six different tips that I have around, uh, you know, working through when the public complains. So, so step zero was don't take it too personally. But step one was to set your intention for this interaction. Step two is know your boundaries. Step three was give yourself space and grace. I added that in because it rhymed. Step four, communicate. Step five, get it in writing. And step six, make the necessary changes. So with all that being said, I'd love to know your perspective on this. If you think I hit the mark or if I'm missing something here, or if you're an expert in this, I would love to meet you and talk more about this because I think it really is an interesting subject. And um, you can connect with me over on LinkedIn or um, through our contact page at letstalkparks.com. But the final thing I'll leave you with is that it's just recreation. And I know that sometimes hearing that phrase can feel like it oversimplifies or doesn't validate kind of what you do and how much of an impact you have because what you do is important. But I like to remind myself of this phrase because so often we take it a little bit too seriously. And sometimes our patrons take it way too seriously. And so we have to be able to come at it with a sense of humor and with optimism. And just remember, that's just recreation. People are there to play. They're there to have fun. They're there to exercise. They're there to meet their friends and participate in team sports and hang out with kids and have a good time. And so it's just recreation and you're not going to make everyone happy, but all you can do is your part. And that's showing up every day with the intention of making their day brighter. So I hope this episode was helpful. And um, to the person that asked that question on the Women in Parks and Recreation Facebook group, I commend you for reaching out and thank you for your inspiration to all of us. Thank you guys so much. Take care and we'll talk parks next week.